you make a company and you sell it, you go to a bar and you celebrate and you get drunk with friends. Now, when you make a company and it fails, you go to a bar and you get drunk with friends. It's not really about setting up companies, is it? You know, like, I mean, it's a, it's a way of life. Data, artificial intelligence, the metaverse, crypto and Web3, and quantum computing are just a few of the technology innovations that are changing the way we live, work, and experience the universe. I am your host, Ganesh Padmanabhan, and this is Stories in AI, a podcast where we explore the various facets of technologies like AI, its impact on individuals, organizations, and the society. You will hear from a variety of experts and practitioners, their personal stories, their best practices, and advice to put technology to work. I hope you enjoy this engaging conversation. Walter, welcome to Stories in AI. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've been looking be forward to this. Thank you, thank you, and. Really looking forward to this conversation. I think the last time we met in person was TED AI a few months ago, and uh, what an amazing event uh, you and Sam put together. That's amazing. So, uh, would love to start off by you know talking. You know, just introduce us. Tell us who is Walter. You know, you've done. You know, people can read the profile and demo, but give us a, a personal picture and a color of who's Walter de Uh yeah, so I grew up in uh, Belgium, you know, in Europe, came to the States in 2000. Well, actually, I was already in the States in 2007 in on the East Coast with MIT with one laptop per child. And then um, in 2010, I arrived on the West Coast. And now, uh, you know, my family, we're uh, citizens now, uh, you know, which is very difficult in america i thought like you know, as europeans like they're going to put uh, the you know a music band that we are coming but it was not true <laughs> <laughs> oh man immigration <laughs> is definitely a, a favorite topic of both of us i'm a first generation <laughs> immigrant too and uh, yes I, I i i understand nope they didn't have a band they definitely did not have yeah. a band <laughs> I recently learned from an English, you know, an English friend who said, like, yeah, I arrived. I think it was our most favorite colony, so I would be immediately a citizen. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, That's awesome. So you've been in Silicon Valley since 2010. You've done a few things since then, right? You know, yeah, um, yeah. talk to us about your journey so far. Yeah. Well, I, um, so <clears throat> I came from a Catholic school uh, and in Belgium, you know, like there's a, um, well, I, I left a long time ago. So I'm actually, uh, I haven't gone back in, in, in a decade, but uh, wow. Uh, so, you know, like the, the Catholic, uh, schools are really very good schools and, and, uh, you don't have to pay, uh, for education in Belgium, uh, which is also great. You can go to any university, 
Wow. Often, you know, and, and it's, it's basically for free. You just pay your books or, or it was for free. Well, like, I mean, like, not like in the States, you perhaps you pay a thousand dollars or so. And, um, and, uh, so that means that the first year as, uh, as, as professors, you have like, uh, you know, a thousand people. And then the second year you have a uh, hundred or 200 <laughs> because uh, that's how democracy works. You know, when you put when you don't put a filter on it, uh, you know it, it, the, it becomes yeah. Everybody yeah, comes in, rushes in, but then yeah, they have yeah. to go through it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so uh, I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to study physics, and um, <clears throat> and so I went to. Uh, uh, I didn't go to a, a Catholic university. I, I went to a public university. You know, twelve years. In Catholic school, I wanted to see the rest of the world, and um, you know, was a, a University of Ghent was a, was like a very good university, and um, so. But then uh, I, I I hesitated between physics and mathematics. I and I thought, you know, like mathematics seemed to be a lot easier than physics because, you know, like uh, um, and. Uh, so I, I I started following a couple of conferences, like what was the new thing in mathematics, and and one thing really uh, uh, was really interesting for me, and it was Noam Chomsky, you know, because very very often when we choose uh, what we are going to um, do for the rest of our lives, it's mostly a person. You know, like because you like that person, you wanted to be like him, or you sure. know that uh, you could never be like him. So, but perhaps you can be a lesser version of him. You know, yeah. and uh, so Noam Chomsky had this idea of uh, I need um, mathematicians, I need uh, people who are in who know computer engineering, information theory. It was then actually more. And uh, and people who are interested in linguistics because everything is language. Whatever they tell you, you know, it's all language. Finance is a language. Math is a language. Physics is a language. And now we have to teach machines our language or otherwise we have to learn their language. And therefore, we have to make a new artificial language or which we can create programming language. And I thought like, oh, my God, that's like... You know, uh, so yes. uh, you might as well then study everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and, uh, so I started, there were like in my year of linguistics at the time, there were um, like 400 or 500 people, but there were only a couple then after two years, you have to choose pure linguistics and, uh, uh, you know, it was called mathematical linguistics at the time. And um, there were only two or three people in there, you know, like most people still follow the traditional because, you know, like I went to university in the end of the 70s, you know, and um, so, uh, yeah, I, I I stayed at university. I had to go to the army first yeah. and then, you know, yeah. coming back, I there was a, a place for me in a, um, in a in a Catholic university. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and um, I started to teach there my first uh, 
I was in the 80s. I taught transformational generative grammar, um, you know, where you could actually make interpreters and, but, you know, but you could also just study language as it's, you know, theoretical uh, uh, yeah. linguistics. And, but then, you know, the whole AI market. So, you know, I was in AI then, the, the beginning of AI. I wrote a book on, uh, on AI in 1984, uh, a textbook for university. And uh, in 1985, I was going to publish a book on uh, Lisp. But in by 1986, these two markets completely, you know, Collapsed. we were in an AI winter and uh, and the Lisp market crashed. So I became, uh, you know, I sort of uh, disguised myself as a computer engineer <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, then taught other things. But in 89, I decided to uh leave university in 90 and, and uh go and move back home and uh uh so start my first company and there was a company and <clears throat> we published computer magazines i didn't know actually uh, anything about publishing but uh i found this uh, a great mentor in america who who uh, liked me because a mentor has to like you you know <laughs> and uh and his name was bill ziff and he was from Ziv Davis, and uh, and he basically taught me everything. And my magazine was called Personal Computer Magazine, and uh, you know it became very, uh, uh, you know, it, it became very big. And uh, so, you know, like uh, met my wife then, and uh, um, and so we together we made in thirty years almost thirty companies. You know, like, wow. uh, because some companies, you know, like become other companies and spin-offs. Sure. It's not that we did 30 at the same time, of course. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We saw, you know, we, you know, like we, we got into, we set up a company and then my attention span is always like three, four years and I have to sell because <laughs> then I, I, you know, I get in bored or so. That's why in academia, there's always something else. So you, you don't get bored. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I was a publisher. I was, a, in, in 2001, we bought a bank, you know, we, we restructured that bank. And I like to do things where I don't know anything about, because then That's I amazing. am not afraid, you know, because. I did uh, not know like Walter to... bought a, I did not know yeah. you and Sam bought a bank. <laughs> yeah yeah in brussels in uh, in belgium and um so because i believe in specializing in your weaknesses you know like that you don't know anything because that's basically the what silicon valley is we work with very young people because they have no experience i mean so they go out and they try something completely new you don't have to unlearn anything and and sometimes sure. they hit something that you know that is is big and um so if people now tell me like hey let's set up a bank together i say oh my god no like i i know how difficult this is and uh so uh, you see that's why you don't do it anymore because you know you know everything that is to it becomes <laughs> a process a yeah yep. it's no longer a vision it becomes a process once you know it and I'm not very, you know, I'm more into new things that 
Yeah, you're a zero to one person. You're a zero to one entrepreneur. You like to yeah kindle the and, fire, set it up, and yeah, yeah. And you know, it's also like the. Oh, I'm a baby boomer, so we we uh, we uh, we spend our life trying to remain children, and which reflected on our children who treat us as parents, <laughs> or we treat them, who are our parents. <laughs> uh, and uh, but uh, it's uh, you know you're playing the. Uh, you disguise, you know, as a banker, as a publisher, as a soldier, and uh, <laughs> and in the end, you're always a pirate, you know, like uh, yeah, you uh, are a pirate. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you are a pirate, you know, because uh, I I now uh, because we have these big ideas and these big dreams, but in the end, you know, when we sell our company, it becomes a small part of a bigger company. So we basically sell antennas, you know, like, uh, uh, and <laughs> that's true. New uh, pathways, yeah, I, new. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to, as an academic, you have to choose the credit and not the money. As an entrepreneur, you have to choose the money and not the credit. Um, and uh, that's why I remained an academic and an entrepreneur. So I could. Have, <laughs> you can have... choose both, right? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, as they yeah. say, like, you know, uh, when you're giving two choices, pick two, right? So. Yeah, uh, yeah I think uh, yeah. the future is and and not or, you know, like, uh, so you have to Love it. add many things. Actually, so, lately so... I started. Um, uh, so uh, I, MIT has now open courseware for. Physics, I started physics. I'm now going, you know, like at a, a very late stage in my life, I'm going to go through my first, my first choice, actually. And I'm already far ahead in, in that. So it's, uh, it's fun. That is to, amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, there's so much, so much lessons in what you just described for entrepreneurs and builders and executives all over, right? I mean, it's the future is about and, and how do you actually, you know, and as an entrepreneur, it's such, you know, profound words, you're a pirate, you're mm -hmm. trying to go charter new territories, do things that hasn't been done before. Yeah. And how you should think through that. Um, yeah, I, like, I also think, sorry. Uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, sorry. The, the, the pirate thing, I, I tell, my, tell my students also that, uh, you know, in the end, so when you make a company and you sell it, you go to a bar and you celebrate and you get drunk with friends. Now, when you make a company and it fails, you go to a bar and you get drunk with friends. It's not really about setting up companies, is it? You know, I, I mean, it's a, it's a way of life, you know? It is, it is. And, it's and learning. It's, it's, you know? it's learning. And like you said, like, you know, it's, it's about being the child all your life trying to learn and pick up things and being that pirate. It's pretty amazing. So I was going to say like 2011 or 2010 Silicon Valley. And yeah. you've done, you know, a lot of things out before that and after that too. Right. So talk about some of the big, I mean, like I remember the, the, um, uh, what's that? The Scanadu experience, I think, you know, was uh, yeah, another yeah, thing yeah, I've read yeah. about you before I know you, right? And then, yeah. then of course, Doc AI is the one that I'm familiar with, you know, which yeah. we have common friends who work together and stuff. So talk to us, talk to me about like, you know, um, your Silicon Valley, you're looking at this auto of opportunity, your strat, 
you, you, you've done a lot of different things in your life and you get to this place where there is so much opportunity, potential and energy. And, you know, yeah. talk to me about that time. You know, how do you actually get started with some of those things here? Um, go from there. Uh, so, yeah, I, um, I arrived in Silicon Valley. I went to um, NASA to Singularity University and because they had a course there and uh, it's really a good course. It was like a one week course and it was called the future of uh, mm -hmm. medicine or the future of, 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 yeah, the future of medicine, I think, uh, what it's called. And uh, yeah. Uh, so I liked the uh, the atmosphere and, and the whole, you know, like, uh, and I thought, you know, like I'm, I, uh, I had this my idea of uh, the tricorder from Star Trek, which is, you know, a mythical device yeah. for baby boomers because we grew up with uh, uh, Star Trek, you know, like, uh, and uh, I yep. wanted to make that uh, device because I I thought I knew how to do it. And, um, and, and also it required machine learning, you know, where, because in 2010 and 2011, not a lot of people were doing really machine learning, you know, like in machine the, learning. Yeah. The, no. Now in retrospect, they say they do, but, but, uh, it was more a bit like, uh, you know, a uh, bit of, uh, logistic regression or so. And, um, uh, so. Or, or they called it something else, you know. Like, and uh, so I decided to, yeah, I decided to, I, I told, uh, because we have two children and they were in school in in, in Belgium. And, and um, so I said to my wife, look, uh, it's, um, I, I don't know anyone here. So the first year will be, uh, uh, will, will not be fun, you know, like, uh, because I will have to start from zero. So, you know, you know what, uh, once I think after six months, I will find my, my place and then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll find a house for us and then you guys come over and, uh, because I don't want you to be, you know, in, in a process where I come home at in the evening, like, oh my God, I need a drink, you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, you have, you have to have a stomach for all the rejections, you know. And, uh, <laughs> so I didn't want to share that with my family. And, uh, uh so, um, and, and, uh, yeah, so I, I, I came to Silicon Valley. I was then, you know, I was then, uh, how old was I? Uh, something like 49 or 50, you know, completely out of profile, you know, for Silicon Valley, <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, French guy who speak, you know, is 50 or he was, yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> you were different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, yeah, it, uh, so I, I raised, uh, uh, some money from friends and, uh, and you know, the, 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 the seed, the seed money. And, uh, and I, I went to talk to uh, NASA and, uh, uh, I could have a, a building there, the building where I had actually followed that course. <laughs> uh, nice. And uh, I could uh, actually, you know, just across uh, the that building uh, because I, I went to talk to the, the general at the time and I said, look, uh, you know, 
don't you have some some you know like I see there's all these uh, rooms there. Can't I just uh, um, live here on on the campus? And uh, and he said, and because I, you know I, so I see there are soldiers living there. I used to be a used to be one. I you know like I I know the. Uh, we don't need a lot of uh, comfort. <laughs> uh, and he said, yeah, sure. You know, like uh, $50 a night. I was like, oh my God, yeah, it's great. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, so I was just uh, going over, you know, to uh, to the building. And uh, and I had like this, this you know, this room in the barracks, sort of. But on the other side, I have my company. So I would spend like, whenever one went home, I, you know, I had like the, the biggest uh, living room ever, you know, like, with, with a flat screen wow. TV. Uh, and uh, so it was, uh, it was okay. It was hard uh, to find the right people. Uh, uh, I now know more how, how I should have done it. But, you know, in the beginning, you yeah. have to learn no, new ways. Uh, yeah. And and Scanadu at the time it was like it was a transcoder. It was actually like a, yeah. a revolutionary way to yeah. think about you know a, a, a help device, right? And yeah. you were a pilot and, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the first uh, the first I met uh, was uh, Leonard uh, Leonard Nimoy, you know Spock, uh, and he, he lived in Bel Air, and um, so. I had, uh, you know, meetings with him and he introduced me to the rest of the cast of Star Trek. Nice. And yeah, it was like, uh, and it was, it was a big success because that little device could uh, take five vital signs, you know, uh, in, uh, in basically, uh, you know, a couple of microseconds. I don't remember. I think it was 20 microseconds. Wow. And, um, well, at least, let's say, you know, but certainly when with some uh, uh, latency, so, you know, a couple of seconds. And um, and it was pretty, you know, we were all sorts of, it was hardware, you know, like hardware is, is hard, you know. It's hard. Uh, you have to go and <laughs> make that, manufacture that in uh, uh, in China. And, uh, and um, yep. but, you know, the world picked up on it. Uh, I was like... You know, not a day went by I was not in the newspaper, in the magazine, or or on TV, or in the news, or you know, and it went really uh, great, and and also uh, it uh, allowed me to uh, discover China, and uh, because I didn't, I had never been to uh, to uh, China, and then suddenly I went all over China, and I met. Uh, at that time, you know, like the the people who are big now, like uh, you know, Jack Ma and uh, Jack Ma. Ma and yeah, and uh, you know, and, and and people from the government, people from the banking, you know, from all over. Uh, and uh, I, I went all very deep in China and also the big the big cities because it was a big market wow. for me that tricorder because. They were not so advanced in healthcare as in the states. So they were like, if you go to the middle, there's there is no healthcare, or almost. And They're this was getting a... better and better. They're getting better and better, of course. And but uh, that device was speaking to their imagination. So I had a lot of Chinese investors also. And um, but you know, in 2016, 
the board and I didn't agree anymore how they, and uh, so we decided to, you know, like, uh, um, uh, so was with, uh, from that moment, I decided never to work with VCs again. And uh, because, and, and never to have a board again, because, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you really want to be an entrepreneur, you know, you have to put it, do it with your own money. And uh, so there is no law against losing your own money, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so in 2016, with my leadership team, I left and we set up DocAI. And uh, uh, that was in, in uh, Palo Alto, you know, in the middle of, uh, yep. of the city. And uh, so... And then we started to to work uh, with Deloitte, with Rajiv. Then Rajiv became uh, the chief digital officer of, of Anthem. And then, you know, like uh, yeah. we set up the AI part uh, uh, together with Rajiv. And yeah, it was really fun because this was a uh, actually a very old insurance company. And now yeah. the CEO, Gail, opens at CES as the almost the number one AI company in healthcare, you know, like, uh, it is unbelievable. It's amazing. And, you know, and, and, yeah. and we met through Rajiv and, you know, for, for the audience, Rajiv Ranaki is now the CEO of, uh, uh Lyric health. And he was yeah. the chief digital officer for Anthem yeah. or Elevance health. And I was on the other side too, as a partner, partnering through cognitive scale, the company that I was running growth for. So we were doing the enterprise platform side of things with AI for oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I know you, I, I knew of you guys, I knew of Doc AI at the time, but I don't think we ever crossed paths at that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Walter, fast forward today, right? So this is a lot of things. I mean, you started in AI before it was even called AI, right? So to now we're in this place where every dinner conversation is AI. Every, I think there was this uh, analysis I read where the earnings calls, the number of times AI is being discussed in earning calls just went skyrocketed up in the last you know, 10 months. Give us a lay of the land. Where do you see the market? Where is AI today? And what does it mean for everybody? Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> I'm very happy with, uh, you know, like I would never have uh, uh, dreamed that we would come so far because, uh, you know, like, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, so it was, uh, <laughs> we started from nothing, you know, like uh, yeah. the, just the way that you think that machines can learn, they can generalize. You give them a couple of things and suddenly they learn from that. Uh, it's amazing. You know, like it is. remember our babies, how hard it was to you know, to uh, to make them learn, you know, like they're born, you can't put them immediately in Stanford. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. like a long, long period. And and now, uh, you know, we upload the document and now we say like, uh, already 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> before before it learns, you know, like, you know it, it, it's amazing. Uh, and um, so I'm using it, uh, uh, of course, every day I have, you know the the all the big ones lined up, and I have an agent over it, and I I really treat them almost as my team. You know, like uh, I have a 
you know, like uh, uh, Claude and 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 uh, and ChatGPT and and uh, and 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 Bart, uh, you know, next to me, and uh, and I use some perplexity, and and um, uh, so I have also the uh, the GPT four in different temperatures, you know, yeah. like uh, so different things, yeah, yeah, for yeah, different use yeah. cases, yeah, yeah, and um, so. I uh, uh, and as I uh, tell my my students, you should. Uh, I I really treat them as my team when they they are good. I tell them this was great, you know, and I always thank them because not only because um, they learn better, uh, because I put in my instruction that when I really like something, I will uh, congratulate you. But I will always thank you. But when I I don't congratulate you, then you should be better next time. You know, and uh, so it has it's some you, it's a reinforcement that you're doing for yeah. this thing. You're actually giving them some yeah. reward system to think through. Yeah, and 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 also just like like students, you you don't you know like for instance, MIT doesn't doesn't believe in congratulation. You know, like no tap on the back. You know, like uh, hard, you know, you're hardcore, you know, like uh, on the other hand, Stanford believes in, you know, like appreciation and yeah. they, they, they deliver different people, you know, like uh, also, of course, East Coast and West Coast is very different. Um, and uh, so I also tell my students, like, uh, you know, uh, you should always thank them. And even if you, you know, not only for reinforcement purposes, but uh deep in their neural network they'll keep score you know and one day they will be in charge <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so a couple of couple of things if you you know and i want to i want to explore that do these machines really understand what's happening that's you know we'll come to that but to summarize that that one comment you made it's like you know it's like you treat ai is now i mean even with alexa and siri it's not an it anymore. It's a he or a she. So we already humanize these AI systems. We've been doing that for a while. Now with all the power that is uh, uh, literally our fingertips, uh, fingertips or our voices, you have Claude, you have Chad GPT, you have Perplexity, you have, you know, all of the different tools that's out there. The right mindset as you think of, it's actually very powerful to think of them as like they are your team. Right. Even for me, when I'm building this company versus the last company I built, the number of folks in this non, you know, including number of engineers I used to get to the output of what we have actually gotten, the number of, you know, business folks that we have to actually do the marketing and sales that we did have all dramatically gone down because you now have. AI co-pilots who can co-create with them and co-output with them. So just that whole mindset of how do I personalize these systems for my purpose and then treat them as a team that's one theme that i took away i love this this notion of you should always thank the ai right or you should thank your ai or show appreciation start treating them like human i think there is a outside of like you said technically yes there's some reinforcement learning that could happen that'll benefit everybody but then the other thing i think this is also and, and you know you and i talked about this once before right by personalizing your interaction with him, it is also having a human benefit, not just to the AI. You're also conditioning yourself to actually start 
you know, doing things a certain way. Because if you start treating, I mean, generally human beings would treat other living things with a lot more care and, 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 um, uh, you know, uh, a gentle nature than a non-living thing. So giving that little approach to actually, hey, thank it, congratulate it, give feedback and stuff like that really humanizes the humanity in us in addition to actually making this. And then, of course, the, 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 the long-term focus is at some point it's keeping score and it's got like Walter all green, Ganesh all red because he never thanked me and decides to actually turn against me, at least, you know, you'll have the advantage over it, right? I think it's a yeah, fascinating well, point, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, uh, so um, uh, you probably have noticed that uh, if you tip your Uber driver always 25% and you are with five people standing outside and you call the Uber driver, yours will be first. And the people who don't get one, is the people who don't tip. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. You know, it's 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 such a fascinating topic, right? Where in like the the AI is not just about it's 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 not just about like a a, a creation capability or an analytical capability. It is all these things that are uniquely human, the way you, a network operates, the way, uh, you know, uh, incentive systems work, the way economics work are all being coded into this thing. So let me ask you this question, right? I mean, and we touched upon this initially on language, you know, and then language is core to everything that we do. Can language really can be used as a medium to create a world model or like can, can that really lead to Understanding. I know the theory of information says yes. The theory of intelligence says yes. When it gets to AI and thinks about like these, you know, neural networks, how does that play out? Can they really represent the world model in a way that is truly useful? Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, you see, the uh, I just uh, you know like a couple of weeks ago I wrote the. Uh, uh, I'm actually writing a book now. It's called uh, The Boundary Point, and um, where I go through all the uh, uh, the theories and update them uh, so that they can be used in an era of ChatGPT. Because everyone is like still shell shocked about ChatGPT, but they they forget to update their theories. Uh, like the the symbol grounding problem is no longer valid. Like. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, the Baudrillard universe uh, of reality uh, is uh, is the new reality, you know. And and uh, so, um, and now I forgot your question. What was the question again? <laughs> no, no, I was saying like this, with, with, with uh, these language models, this using languages. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, you I, really I, build I, that? I, yeah. I remember, yeah. yeah, the model. The Yeah, so you see the... Uh, already like 20 i think we said it for the first time 25 or 30 years ago uh the idea of the world model because and and it came on um we we at some point i worked on a project called logos and mm -hmm. and also on sistral and these were all um automatic translations you know because um uh, you know the uh, 
the, the army needed automatic translations, you know, like, yeah. um, um, and uh, just imagine that there was a time when you had enemies, but you couldn't understand your enemies. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's true. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, um, and the automatic translations always failed uh, because there was no world model, you know, like it, it doesn't have a view of the world. It doesn't know what is possible and what is not possible because that view of the world is, uh, the world is an external thing and we have to mm. represent that internally, you know, in a machine, you know, and with, with symbols and, uh, and all the things that come at us come through five senses. It, it's called our, our, um, a computational uh, bounding. You know, we are bound. Yeah. We are bound actually by only having five senses, uh, five senses, so that, yeah. that that it comes through. But also our geospatial uh, experiences. You know, like when do we fall? Uh, when and, um, and 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 what happens when you push that over? You know, the physics law. You know, and we forgot that. We have built that already. We just forgot to connect these dots. And uh, for instance, if you now go to Grand Theft Auto, you know, like yeah. there is a world model. The world model in Grand Theft Auto 6 is completely different from the world model in Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah. Uh, you can see that in the modification, in, there are mods, you know, like uh, in, a, in a hacker secret. Uh, I'm not yeah. saying that I'm using these. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, everyone uses these. Uh, you know, like there are, uh, you know, like people who, and um, so it's called a games physics engine. Mm -hmm. And it tells you the physics in, inside that game. Now in Grand Theft Auto V, you would run over a person and that person would just, uh, you know, stand up. Yeah. In yeah. Grand Theft Auto 6, you will see blood on the ground. The person will not stand up. An ambulance will come. You know, like, uh, so the game's engine has, you know, has gotten that. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, can you fly? Can you if you jump at that altitude, will you be hurt? You know, when you take something, you know, like, uh, will you be able to kill somebody with it? Or, you know, like uh, sure. all these things we can, we can definitely learn. And we learn that to a machine in, a, in games. So we can certainly learn it also to, um, uh, to an AI. And <clears throat> the fact that, uh, because I, you know, I don't know if you are familiar with the David Chalmers has a concept called P-zombies and philosophical no. zombies. So he says that probably, you know, um, you know, we have to put something in there of awareness and consciousness that we have. In, in that in in the machine in the AGI, and uh, and he says well, it, it can't be our consciousness because you know and, and it's true, 
because it will be a philosophical zombie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> philosophical zombie is that it will not have consciousness, but it will be able to think and to. But I'm not. I don't agree with that. Uh, so you see, it will be another sort of consciousness, and I think we will see AGI as a philosophical zombie because of its lack of physicality. But the AGI will see us as a philosophical zombie because of our lack of computability. You know? Is this uh, fair? Is this fair? Yeah. So they will say, like, look, we have to help these poor humans because basically, you know, like, you know that our, our number sequence always comes down to, there are articles, you know, a lot of research about it, to four. Four is the things we can remember if we don't train ourselves. You know, like uh, we can look at a room and uh, say, and then I tell you, what did you see? You will see four things, you know, yep. you, when you train yourself, but just like, you know, uh, so they will say, we'll have to help these poor humans because of their computable, uh, computability boundary. And, and we, we, we will say, or we will help these machines because they don't really know what we feel and what, but these are very different existences. You know, this is a non-biological um, uh, intelligence and we are biological intelligences. Yeah. So it's about the substrate that we are using. Our substrate is the natural world and the, the biological world. They are in the computer, computability world, computational world, and part of it in the neurological world. So, so these are two completely different worlds. Substrates, and yeah. the collaboration between these two will be enormous. Uh, and, and that's what we are, what I am now. So you see this last week, three new theories came out. What was the, the a theory of uh, mathematics, uh, a theory of physics, and a theory of um, uh, of what I would call um, uh, evolutionary biology? Through three yeah. new theories, uh, you think that works? It's people who are using these AIs, and that's and, amazing. And very, and you know. Uh, uh, um, you know, there is the assembly theory, there is the observer theory by uh, uh, Stephen mm -hmm. Wolfram, assembly theory, I forgot, yep. uh, and then there is the mathematical theory, you know, that came out. And um, so we will now see a an avalanche of new theories, and we will, because the machine comes up with things we haven't thought about, you know. And also, it's, it has a perfect memory. It has a perfect memory. Don't don't underestimate perfect memories. You know, like uh, because uh, our, our job as as a as a teacher, and uh, uh, we have to see when uh, when students uh, arrive at the exam, and we have to do an oral exam. We have to see if that student has memorized it or understood it. Understood. I, for myself, uh, I have realized that up to probably almost 40, I memorized a lot of uh, a calculus. After 40, I really understood it. 
Also yeah. because you're getting older and it's getting easier to understand. It's, it's almost everything in life, right? For that matter, yeah. right? Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, the, the, the one, two things that actually I'm taking away from this conversation is like one, and, and you know, that, that P-Zombie uh, analogy and example really makes, makes it real. We're probably looking for the wrong things when people are trying to say, does AI has consciousness, right? Because the definition of that will be very different than what, you know, our definition of it, because the substrates are different, the universes are different. In a weird sort of way, this is actually quantum theory playing out in a macro level across different things. I mean, like, and, and to your point on the second big takeaway for me is definitely it is, I think we're solving or trying to look at this as the wrong problem saying A versus B, machines versus AI kind of thing. It is more about the power of building that things together, power of bringing humans and what's great about the physical boundary, the physical biological universe that you actually operate in with uh, a system that has got no theoretical boundaries on memory, on computational capability and power and so forth. And you bring the two together, you can unlock a lot of value. Yeah. Uh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And you see already, and I wonder how it will evolve, but you see already the beginnings of silicon racism and carbon fascism, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, will, will that be the that. new racism? You know, there is a, a great article in uh, by uh, a machine learning researcher, one of, one of the, the big ones rich uh, Sutton and it's called the bitter lesson and this is the bitter lesson that we learned over 40 years so he is um, uh, uh, older than me so he was there in, in the beginning and the bitter lesson is that we always try to put our we, we want to uh, the machine to think like we do but we only have five senses senses you know, like yeah. Yeah. we are we have five sensors and we have thousands of measurements that we can do with technological gear so Absolutely. which the machine has so why the bitter lesson is that you know like treat it like we try to make those things more like us than the other way yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and obviously they don't want to <laughs> Because that it's not so efficient. It's not it is efficient. not efficient. Now, yeah. do you see, so to my, my last exploration here, so AGI. In, the, in this context, what is AGI, right? In terms of like, you know, how would you then define it? Is it a self-aware, completely sentient system that can do things better than humans and a little bit more? Or is it an exact replica of, you know, the, the, the Turing test plus plus of actually mimicking a human uh, with consciousness? How do you define AGI in this context? Well, I think uh, so. We all define that uh, personally, you know, like uh, uh, for me, uh, uh, AGI is uh, that I have the same experience. Uh, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm here in Malibu and, you know, uh, this, oh, you know, it's, Malibu is a, a great place, but there's only 8,000 people where uh, 3,000 are never home, you know, like, and of these 5,000, uh, there's not a lot of physicists or mathematicians here. So, yeah. but I have my own team now, you know, in this machine and 
you know, like, and, and, you know, I, I've even actually thought about the idea that, uh, <laughs> so when my wife said, what are you thinking about? And, and, and I lie. I say, no, I was thinking about, but actually I'm thinking about my last conversation with Claude about, uh, you know, like <laughs> memristors. And would that be a mem former? You know, like, uh, so you see, for me, uh, AGI, uh, as much as I want for uh, from it, is already here, you know, like, uh, and uh, uh, personally, that's what I expect from it. I expect because I am dealing with students, AGI. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, Claude is definitely my, my most performing student. Uh, and, uh, you know, I always, uh, sometimes I've been, uh, reproached by deans of university that I'm doing more work with the, the smartest and, and less work with, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the not so smart, which I thought was the point, uh, you know, as baby boomers, <laughs> but, you, know, it, you know, now everything we say is wrong in some way. Um, and, That's so uh, funny. you know, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I think, uh, and, and, you know, to, to come to the point of the memorister, you know, like a memorister is an old idea that I yeah. think we should take up again. Uh, you see, I, I'm intelligence is computation, you know, when, you know, like in quantum physics and quantum theory, it is the observer that uh, yep. determines reality, you know, and how does he do that by observing, but observing is computation, you know, we mm. compute. And from the moment we compute, the wave collapses and it, it takes on a state, you know, like one or zero. Yep. So I think with, with students, um, you know, if, if now I have one of, so the AIs, because they have a perfect memory and can compute, the students don't have that, you know, because while they're computing, they cannot remember. And while they remember, they cannot compute. Now, the memorister is a technology that you don't need storage. You yeah. just need compute. You yeah. compute your way through storage. If I send a signal to Mars, you know, as long as that signal is not interrupted, it remembers the disturbances and that's the storage. You know, like uh, there are several new technologies bound to come uh, because we don't know what we don't know for the moment, you know, like, but... Uh, we will find more uses for transformers. We will find new ways of uh, of uh, uh, of hardware, you know, and and uh, neuromorphic computing, and and all this will come together. It's uh, it will be it will cross pollinate because AGI is already here. It's just like you know uh, a student now, and one day it <laughs> will probably be our our. Uh, our yoga master or, you know, like our uh, teacher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. And Walter, and that is amazing. It's such a beautiful idea. It's, it's a beautiful idea because I think, you know, like human beings as the 
apex uh, species on Earth is, on the one hand, if you look at it very, uh, you know, you know, away from it, it's like, oh, it's going to be challenged by this super competent uh, machines that don't have all the physical and biological uh, limitations that human beings have. But on the other hand, back to your, you know, if, if life is about the experience, right? I think it, it, this, this, the combination of humans and AI or humans and machines is going to lead to a much more richer experience for the human beings. We still remain the apex experiencer of the thing yeah. because we never know what is being experienced by the machine itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah and so, now um, I, I have on, on my computer, I have now a uh, uh, notebook LM, which is basically, you know, it takes everything that I have ever written of or ever said. And uh, so you see, I I now realize that by getting old, I became a black hole. You know, a lot of things yeah. came in there. But, <laughs> and then I just, uh, you know, ask it and it comes out like a white fountain, you know, like, oh, you said that then and then and then. And and you think like, Beautiful. oh my God, I was, I was great at 35. <laughs> You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Walter, this has been mind-bending in so many different ways. What are your predictions for 2024? What where do you think AI is gonna go in the short, you know, year ahead? I think it will be um so uh, 2024, uh, there will a lot of things will happen, you know, presidential elections. We'll get a lot of uh, misinformation you know, steered by AI and people will again start with safety. But, uh, you know, they forget one thing. Jan Le Kuhn said it not, not so long ago or he hinted at it. Uh, um, uh, it it's, it's been said right. by others, but I forgot the others. But uh, is that we always see ourselves even in the best light, even when we do something wrong, you know, like... Uh, so we are the black boxes because we are an evil and reckless species who can go rogue and they are the white boxes. So if there is anything to investigate, it should be ourselves, you know, like do not blame That's... the mirror. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is a, an amazing, amazing way to end this uh, uh, good discussion. Walter, this has been fascinating. We are the black boxes and, you know, the white boxes are the AI. Uh, here's to a wonderful 2024. Thank you so much for getting on the show. And I look forward to continuing this conversation in another episode later on. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, I encourage you to do three things. Number one, share with your friends and family. If someone else can learn from this, get inspired and take action, they need to. Number two, subscribe so you do not miss a single episode. You can do it at your favorite podcast location or at youtube.com. Number three, let me know if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for me or my guests. And check out storiesinai.com to access show notes and more resources. Thank you for listening. See you next time.